0: Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions.
1: Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Mac Daddy, Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. Liking the hat, Pete. I love it. I love it. You must be like in a sports groove or something. You got that ball cap on, just ready to go. You kind of look like you're still in game shape, too. You ready to go like... Get somebody yeah. smack a ball, yeah. dunk a basket. What do you want to do?
0: I want to talk about hockey. Did you, did you play hockey and basketball? You ever no, played hockey? My brother plays hockey. You
1: like hockey though? Yeah.
0: I am going to throw my brother on the bus. Let me just share this one story. I think I shared it with you before. So my brother plays ice hockey, and he's you know, and he's in his forties, and he's older, but he's still in
1: really good shape. Forties is young. I know, but saying. still,
0: it's still you know to play hockey in forties is old. Like, I mean, come on, and you're don't. hitting people. Things start yeah, to break. Yeah. yeah. So he's playing and we went and watched him play. And, and uh, as he's sitting there playing, all of a sudden it comes to the third period and you could tell he's gassed. I could just tell the way he's going up and down. Right. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden the puck, one of those times the puck comes right by him and he literally is just sitting there watching the puck. It's right in front of him. And he's watching <laughs> the puck go right by him. And I asked him after, I was like, what in the world? Are the pucks? He goes, I was so gassed. I couldn't move. I couldn't even move. People have no idea how, I mean, my brother's in really good shape. You, they have no idea how good of shape these hockey players are. And speaking of hockey, we have the Panthers playing the Knights. Florida in the, Panthers. In, in NHL. The
1: Vegas Golden, the Golden, yeah, Golden Knights. Golden Knights, yeah. yeah.
0: And I, An expansion I mean,
1: team, right? They're only yeah, like five
0: or six years old. They're. Maybe less than that, but yeah, maybe three or four years. They've
1: back. only missed the playoff one time in their history. They're it's so insane. so
0: good all the time.
1: Yeah. I love their uniforms. I do too. I love the colors, black and, and gold. And their yep. stadium's really cool.
0: You know, so I don't know. if I've only seen the
1: Vegas. I need to go into the inside.
0: But anyway, so but we're both you and I are rooting for the Panthers in, yep. in Florida. You know, it's in our which
1: is weird because I always root for the the Golden Knights, except when they're playing Florida. Teams, yeah, that's it. So. That's same
0: with me. I always root for California teams or at least Southern California teams less. A Florida team.
1: Yep. So we got the. But Florida. I don't
0: roll for. I don't go for like uh Orlando Magic too much. Yeah. It's hard to get get yeah, going for them. Now if we, they had a winning did team, you,
1: they were going to build a baseball stadium in Orlando. That's, That's squirrel. It, <laughs> Sorry. It it looks I just, like it might be
0: approved. I, Who knows? It sure does. So,
1: I would be so awesome. I love baseball. I know I like, not everybody likes baseball. I hear people say, you know, it's you know it's tough to follow. And I always say, you know, it's okay. Baseball is a smart person sport. Yeah. So you know, it's a chess a,
0: match. <laughs> It is, it's a little slower. There is some wow in it, but it's a chess match. It's totally yeah. different. I love it. It's all about strategy well, cool. and logistics and algorithms.
1: So so South Florida, they're representing. I, then, so they got the Florida Miami Panthers Heat. and the Miami Heat are playing the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. So yeah. by the time this podcast releases, they should both be right around game three. Yeah. So it might be 1-1 one, one or 2-0. We're not going to do any predictions. No, we don't know. But I just know that playoffs, only. playoffs are a lot of fun. They are. I I really I haven't watched much basketball but I have watched some hockey playoffs. It is up. It is fascinating to watch. Yeah. It's a lot better
0: than golf. I mean on, I mean I like golf but hockey, basketball, football, you know. Yeah. I'd rather play golf. I feel like watch watching hockey. I feel like watching baseball is like watching golf. It's a little boring. That's just how it is. It's more fun to go there. I it's
1: mine if it's my team.
0: Like when we went to the golf tournament, it was fun to walk around it's yeah, it's yeah, a lot yeah, yeah, more yeah, yeah. better for baseball and golf to be there. Yeah. More to of watch ex- it
1: on TV. More of an experience, but to watch basketball,
0: hockey, and football on, it's better. Well, well soccer is the worst one to watch. Football um, is
1: made for TV. So I, I actually, yeah. I'd actually rather watch a football game on TV than go. Yeah, I think which, so. Which is weird. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And yeah. I haven't been in an NFL game in a long time, but yeah, it's just better. It's like yeah. made for TV. But Unless hockey's the opposite. I mean, I like watching hockey on TV, but yeah. hockey in person is phenomenal you really get a sense of how unbelievable fast they are so much better and we in so tampa
0: bay lightnings i've been to their stadium and been to their games unbelievable phenomenal yeah. yeah i mean much better than the ducks where i'm from anaheim ducks is not as good as the that Panthers. was a movie that wasn't a
1: real team was it's it? a real team well, they really have a team yeah they actually have a oh i they, thought it was they actually want to stand the, the mighty
0: ducks yeah. no oh when they had Kyrie or <laughs> kiri i don't know who they had in, in, back in the days
1: all right so anyway it's a fun time of year we yeah. got the finals for both going on and yeah. uh we got that. I'm an. I am on a, a cruise ship as we speak. Yeah. So I'm enjoying the cruise, trying yeah. to live mission-mindedly, and yeah. Uh, you know.
0: So, so we're. We, so anybody's listening, as we recorded this, a little bit ahead because Bob is actually in the middle, literally in the middle of the sea right now. So. <laughs> but anyway, this show I am pumped up because this show is exciting. Um, we just, we're carrying on from John from John 18 one through ten, and so today we're going to title this show: Do we yield the sword? Or the cup and this one oh that's good I'm kind of geeked out on this one because this is gonna be a powerful show um i just can like be able to be like that do
1: we yield the sword or the cup yeah and everybody's like what
0: does that mean well they're gonna kind of well they kind
1: of got a glimpse if you listened to last week's show or watched last week's show on youtube which i highly encourage you to do if um if you did that that, that title probably makes sense because we yeah. kind of teased it we yeah. kind of got right to the yeah the, the edge of the the yeah. rim of the cup yeah we did we So did. speak. anyway you right, ready to jump pray. into the show? Yeah, let's pray. Then let's pray. Get going. All right, Heavenly Father, we we just uh, man, we just just blown away that we get to do this. So humbled that we get to, to, to uh, go on the on the radio waves, if that's even the case, Lord. But uh, man, we get to do these podcasts and grow closer to you, learn more about who you are, and share it with others. It's just what a phenomenal opportunity, and we thank you for that, Lord. We ask that you would just bless this show that. That the Holy Spirit would speak through our friends who are listening, Lord, that uh, uh, they would just be encouraged, that they would draw closer to you and just get a better feel for who you are, Lord, as we dive into this show today. So, Lord, we give you this show now. We ask that you bless it. We ask that you use it in mighty ways. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. No, we're still rolling. Oh, yeah, right. All right, here we go. The show is, as we spoke about earlier, a continuation of last week's show, which was episode 134. Four. Yep. That show, we stole a a book title from C.S. (laughs) Lewis. We called that show Obedience, the Kiss, and the Sword. We didn't really steal it. I'm just, it it just sounds like it it sounds like a C.S. Lewis book. We are in the final moments of Jesus's life. If you haven't listened to that show last week's, we would recommend and highly encourage you to go back and listen to it so you can get this show in context and you're not just jumping into the middle of it. So we will pick up where we left off. Jesus and his disciples are in the garden of Gethsemane. Judas has kissed Jesus in a betrayal and Peter has a sword in his hand and Jesus tells him to put it away. To give us some, give us more context on what we discussed last show, Peter is resisting God's will and Jesus is accepting God's will. That's that's, kind of where the sword and the cup comes from. Yeah. So let's, um, yeah. yeah, let's jump into it. So. Verses, uh, again, John 18, verses 11 through 14. ESV version. ESV. What does that stand for? English Standard Version. Nice. Caught him off guard. Didn't catch him off guard. He was ready for that. All All right, so here we go. So Jesus said to Peter, put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup that my father has given me? So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Jews arrested Jesus and bound him. First, they led him to Annas... For he was, I say right, Annas? Yep. Yeah. For he was the father in law of Caiaphas, yeah. who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Wow, really? he's like foreshadowing there. Yeah,
0: he did. He so was that's definitely prophesying. That's
1: 11 through 14. So our first statement on, on the show today is this Peter had a sword in his hand, but Jesus was holding a cup in his. Help us understand this more. Let's remember earlier in the evening, Matthew, and and look at Matthew 26, 39, where he says, we see Jesus or where Jesus is praying, and he says, Oh my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as your, but your will be done. This is Jesus speaking to his father. The cup represented the suffering that Jesus was about to experience.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the cup in itself. In general, is anything that we are doing in the Father's name, we're carrying the cup for Jesus. It's 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 it, or for God per se. When we have the sword, that's representing we are in control. We are controlling the situation. We're not holding the cup, and so Jesus is teaching us. And we're going to kind of dissect. What a great bit. mental picture. He's teaching us to hold the cup. It's the, the father is the one that's putting stuff inside it. We don't want to spill it. We want to do the father's will. He's holding the cup. So yeah, in the separation from the father that he would experience on the cross, he prayed this prayer three times. You know, he was like, God, please take this cup from me. Right. This was the evidence that his whole being was being sensitive to the price he would pay Mm. for our salvation his holy soul must have been stirred to the depths when he contemplated being made. sin. remember he even, he bled blood. I mean, he sweated blood. Yeah. Sweated blood. And so it's like, what if we told you, you know, that, you know, wait, let me just back up. We can't even comprehend this. Jesus was holy and perfect in any way, every way. Okay. We can't comprehend it. So let's just try to use our own self. What if we were told that, Hey, you're going to go through, this is for everybody's good. You're going to sacrifice for everybody in your family, but you're going to be the one that's going to take abuse. You're going to take a beating. You're going to go through hell on earth, like no other, and you're going to die. And, and you're like, wait, why? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm, I'm innocent here. I've, I'm, I've done nothing wrong, but that's your, that's what I, that's what you're called to do.
1: You're going to pay for the sins of your entire family. And so,
0: but now imagine this, you know, that it's happening in, in, in this very hour, it's hmm. going to happen this very hour. It's taking place right now. And, and I can't even imagine, can't even imagine. Well, I mean, he's sweating blood. He's like, I, can, is there any other way? Is there, can we get out of this any other way? I mean, he's asking in the, in his physical body, knowing that he suffers physical pain, just like every one of us. Is there any other way to get out of this suffering that's going to happen? And the father said, no, this has to be done this way. And Jesus did what the perfect mm-hmm. son does, and he says, I will do the father. So that's that's the nature. That's what's taking place. That's the cup. Let's kind
1: of go over this a little bit more and kind of unpack it. Yep, Jesus was able to accept the cup because it was mixed by the father and given to him by the father's hand. He did not resist the Father's will because he came to do the Father's will, finish the work that the Father had gave him to do. Psalm forty verse eight says, "I delight to do Your will, O oh my God. Yea, ye, and the law is within my heart." That's, so that's
0: old, old English, right there. A little ye, bit. Yeah, ye, ye, yeah.
1: Ye. yeah. <laughs> is that the King James version? Yeah,
0: I delight to do Your will, O oh my
1: God. <laughs> yea, the law is within my heart. It always yeah. sounded weird to say. Since the Father had mixed and measured the contents of the cup, Jesus knew he had nothing to fear. Amen.
0: All right, let's roll. All right. Episode 135. Take two. Take one. Yeah, so I mean, again, I'm kind of referencing that Psalms 48 is probably a, a prophecy. That's probably Jesus saying, I delight to do your will. Oh, my God yea the law is within my heart. so my heart is to be obedient in the law. Jesus lived out the perfect life. He lived the law perfectly here on Earth. he he experienced the same thing as we did. he had the same temptations he had everything that we had, but he lived it out. and now Jesus is saying this cup is heavy. Hmm. it's at the very end. it's this is this is like the the worst it's been since I've been here. you know, the pressure, the pain, the agony, everything there's so much going on. But this is a good lesson to us. I mean, we need never to fear the cup or the cups that the Father hands to us. To begin with, Jesus has already drunk, drunk, drank from the cup before (laughs) us. And we are only following in his steps. We need never fear what is in the cup because the Father has prepared it for us in love. If we ask for bread, he will never give us a stone. And the cup he prepares will never contain anything that will harm us. We may suffer pain and heartbreak, but he will eventually transform the suffering into glory. And I think that's the key in all of this. Jesus knew that the the results of this suffering, the result of this, the cup that God has given him at this moment, the the weight, the cross, the whatever that is that we're bearing, that there was going to come glory from Mm. that. And whenever we are, uh, last show we talked about the olive grove being pressed and, and and being squished and and so forth. Whenever that happens in our life and we don't fight it, we surrender it and we're still before the Father and we just worship Him. The outcome will always be glory. It will always be a fresh smelling aroma. It will always we will always come out transformed. We will always come out gentler, kindler. We will always be filled with more love. And, um, and everyone around us will be affected by it. In Jesus's case, everyone in the world now has the opportunity to have each other. Without it, nobody was affected. But because of it, everybody was affected. And so the same thing with us. It's when we are living our life out for Jesus, we do not fight the trial. We do not, we do not try to control the outcome. We say, God, let thy will be done. Trust him. We do that. Things are changed. Things are different.
1: All right. Jesus deliberately gave himself to his enemies. They bound him and led him to the house of Annas, which was not that far away. Annas had served as high priest until he was deposed by the Romans. We know that through Josephus and some other
0: writings. All right, go on.
1: Now, his son-in-law Caiaphas was the high priest. We've talked about that before, too. What the high priest was a like a one-year term or something like that? Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. It was yeah something like that anyway in the bible it says that
1: god ordained
0: that one man should serve as high priest for a lifetime so annas was the old priest going out and in caiaphas with the new priest coming in to start with annas who <clears throat> was more like an informal hearing it was an illegal and it was brutal they did not hold back their displeasure with jesus so this is kind of the context what's happening. So. Annas at the time was the was the grandfather he was stepping down um he still had power he still had clout he's probably at the end of his days um and Caiaphas was the grand it was the younger and he was the one that probably was he was the one that was setting the laws and setting the
1: and setting the ways Oh you know what I the one year that's how often they would go into the holy of holies yes. right okay yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah okay. once
0: a year um so that's kind of what's going on here because um, everybody asks, well, why did they have two high priests? Well, technically they have one, Caiaphas was it, but Annas was still operating and they, he was just doing an informal thing, but he also had power because he was telling them to, they struck him. Remember, they struck Jesus, they spit on him. Um, he was still going through a, a brutal interrogation. Um, so, so in the Bible, that's what it is. So that's basically what happened. They didn't hold back the pleasure of Jesus. Okay. All
1: right. So Annas, of course, was looking for some kind of evidence on which to base an accusation that would lead to a verdict of capital punishment. They wanted to know what doctrine was Jesus teaching. Was it subversive or against their teaching at all?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, he, th- again, they followed Jesus's ministry. So they had scouts probably all the time, everywhere they went. So they know what he was teaching. Um, Many of them would try to challenge him. They would try to question him. They would try to, and I'm talking during his ministry days. And remember how many times they said they found not wanting to ask another question. Every time that they tried to challenge him or trick him, he always answered in a way that brought truth and glory to God, but it also uh, confounded them. They brought him speechless. They didn't know how to answer because what he was saying was true. So they already knew that. But here again, They're bringing them before they're trying to find someone to say something, you know, and, you know, falsely accuse them or do something to give them the right to say, all right, off of their head. Right. You're dead. You know, you're being crucified. And so that's what Jesus is going through. Imagine if we were brought before a court or or a justice system, um, we've done nothing wrong and we're standing before the judge and the prosecuting attorney is sitting up there and he's trying to bring all these charges against you. And you're like, I've done nothing wrong. You know, let the truth be told. And that's kind of what's happening. But the difference between what happened with Jesus and what happened, what happens in our court system is when Jesus answered a certain way, they beat him up, they spit on him, they hit him. They were, they were persecuting him right there. And so that's what he's going through.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. All right. Jesus had predicted that Peter would deny him three times. See Matthew 26, 34. And then let's, let's continue reading on in, uh, John 18 here. We're in verse 15.
0: Let me go back to real quick. Yeah, I, I just realized something, but Jesus, you know, he, he responded yet. Another thing that he did is he responded to them by asking them to listen to the people who witness his teaching. So he, as he was standing there, he was, he was telling them, Hey, listen, what does everybody else say about my teaching? I mean, listen to them. Don't right? just take whatever, listen to the truth that's been said. He said, nothing is secret. He wasn't hiding from them. They also wanted to know about his disciples. Um, Would they overthrow the government? So Jesus was always careful not to say anything about his disciples. If you follow all the the, the, what was being said, he never said anything. But think about it. While Peter was in the courtyard denying him, Jesus was on trial protecting (laughs) Peter. Jesus was wrongfully persecuted, but did not fight them physically. He is an example to us in how to handle it when people falsely accuse us. Again, we, mm-hmm. I've been falsely accused. I'm sure you've been falsely accused. Jesus says you don't handle it in the physical. You surrender it. You trust in the Lord, and you let it go. You just let it go. You trust God. And, and in Jesus's case, he was physically being abused, and he still had to let it go. All right, let's read 15 through 27 and unpack this denial of Jesus.
1: All right. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. And they were standing, warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, "I have spoken openly to the whole world. I have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me, who have heard me say what I said to them." They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself, so they said to him, You also are not one of the disciples, are you? He denied it and said, "I am not." One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, "Did I not see you in the garden with him?" Peter again denied it, and once and at once a rooster crowed. Mm. Mm. Mm, mm,
0: mm. So we're kind of we set up the scene. We kind of we 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 were talking about Jesus is standing before. You know, Caiaphas, or Annas, and now he's going to Caiaphas, the high priest. It's getting more and more intense. Um, there's brutality. Jesus is protecting his disciples. Jesus is still holding his own honor. Um, he hasn't sinned. He hasn't done any of that. He's just trusting in in fulfilling the Father's will. But then Peter, now we have the story of Peter. We shift from Jesus a little bit, yep. and now we're going to fulfill the prophecy that Jesus gave to Peter and says, hey, you're going to deny me. Remember, we I think we talked about it last week. He did we about, you know, why did you why did Peter deny Jesus? Well, there's a many reasons. Go back and listen to the show and we broke it down. So
1: <laughs> you might have to go back two shows, right? All right. All right. Peter followed a crowd when he should have been fleeing. Remember what we read in verse eight? Jesus said, Let these men go. Had Peter gone gone his way, he would like have, the other disciples. Like the other disciples. Well, all but two anyway. Yeah. He would have never been put in a position to deny Jesus. We admire his love and courage, but he walked right into temptation after Jesus had warned him not to. We do the same thing all the time. Jesus warns us to flee temptation, but many times we just walk right into it.
0: Yeah, and we're just dumb. Um,
1: <laughs> Sheep. <laughs> we are just dumb.
0: And, and, the, and I don't, you know, I think that I was just, I walk, I talk about this with my wife a lot i why do i do it why i know better don't open your computer at that time of the day for for me or whatever i don't look there don't watch that tv don't go to that spot whatever it is don't don't bounce your eyes that way whatever it is we know it and we still do it and just it's mind-boggling the stupidity in in us but I've learned, and this is why I talk with my wife, I've learned, and I think we talked about it a little bit in prep this morning, is I've learned that I don't waller in the sin any longer. I don't stay there. I don't allow the, con- I don't allow condemnation to enter in my mind. I don't allow, um, I don't allow guilt. I don't allow shame in. I don't allow any of that. What I do is immediately when I catch myself, immediately I've learned I run to the Father. And I just, and I, and I bask in his glory and I say, God, I love you. Stupid. Sorry, Lord, for doing things that are not very bad. Get
1: out of the pigsty and get, go back to the I, Father. I do
0: that and I do it immediately. And I think when you're, when you're new in your faith and you're beginning to walk, what happens is you wallow in your sin a little longer than you want. I think you, you're getting a rut and, and you find yourself drifting away from the Father. And when you get older and more mature and you're walking more intimately with the father, it's not you don't make the mistake. It's not that you don't fall short. Like you do, but you, well, well another thing that you don't do when you're walking intimately with the father, you don't fall short as much. That's for sure. I mean, there's for every time that you don't bounce your eyes, you, there's a hundred times that you did bounce your eyes and you did walk faithfully and humbly before him. But it's, it's, you just, you have peace at all times. You don't, you don't allow it to linger and you just, you have fellowship. You don't break the fellowship of the father. And, and I think Peter, you know, this is what happened to Peter. Peter was, Peter wallered in his sin for a little bit. He went away, went back to fishing. He was probably depressed. He's probably, oh my gosh, I've screwed up so bad. I, you know, I've done this, blah, 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 whatever it is. I mean, he was probably wanted to kill me. I mean, he was probably so dark. It was probably dark. I mean, I'm just being honest. It was probably dark. He's probably working it out going, I cannot believe I just portrayed an innocent. I cannot believe I just said he's God. I know he's God. I even said it out loud. He's a Messiah. Right. I still did it. And then when Jesus came and restored him, <laughs> it was just unbelievable. John 21. It's just unbelievable. So, you know, that's, that's the amazing part about, you know, reading the Bible. That's why I love this because it doesn't hold back. We just saw Peter's lowest moment right? This is his lowest moment. Peter has a lot of low moments. This is his lowest moment. And the Bible is clear about it. And it shares it with us. They don't hold back. It's not his perfect book. This is a book about sinners. This is a book about people that have messed up. It's also a book about redemption. Man. It's a book about Jesus coming and restoring us and healing us and filling us and loving us no matter what. So we we see Peter gradually moving into a place of temptation and sin. First, he walked in the council of the ungodly. When he followed Jesus and went into the high priest courtyard, he should have never put himself there and listened to Jesus. Then he took it a step further. He stood by the enemy's fire. Mm. and Before long, he sat with the enemy. It was now too late, and within a short time, he would deny Jesus three times. I meant a lot of times God has warned me, and I can follow this very, very well. So I'm writing this or reading this, and I'm talking to myself, where God has said, ah, son, don't do that okay, God. And sometimes I would turn. Oh, son, don't do that. I was, oh no, no, I'm, I'm okay. Don't worry about it. And then I go to the enemy's fire. And he says, son, turn now. Don't do that. And oh God, I will be fine. I can't, this is not going to hurt anything. Nobody's going to find out. Nobody's going to be hurt by this. Nothing. I'm justifying whatever the sin right. is in my mind. And then I'm sitting down now with him. Hmm. And, and this is what happened. That's, the, that's what happened with Peter. And then boom, he denied him.
1: Well, and that's why we're, we're kind of breaking down this failure of Peter. It's because yeah. it's it's going to help us. I mean, this is this is a lesson for each and every one of us. Yep. So, you know, it's the, kind of the next step of that is yeah. once Peter's resistance broke down completely, he began to curse and swear. Um, see Matthew 26, that's when, you know,
0: that's when you know that you fully,
1: <laughs> fully let it go, right? You're doing stupid things
0: that you normally don't do.
1: Right. Yeah. This is not normal. Yeah. This does not mean he was blaspheming God, but rather that he put himself under a curse in order to emphasize his statement. He was on trial, but these people surrounding him. So he put himself under an oath to convince those accusers that he was telling the truth. You know, it's like, I swear on my mother's grave or you're doing something Yeah. you're like, wait a minute, what did I just do? That's what he did. He put a a
0: curse on his own self. Yeah. Yeah. So we know we are wrong, but we double down. (laughs) Right. (laughs) i mean we're stupid and we slowly things get out of hand and when jesus lovingly reminds us that we are his the cock begins to crow and our eyes are open to what we have done the crowing of the cock reminded peter of the lord's words and he went out and he wept bitterly the same thing happens to us when i've been caught in a sin i've been that's the other thing is man You know, you want a clear conscience because you don't want to be caught in a sin. Hmm. You don't want your brothers and sisters to find you wallowing in stupidity, right? That's why we need to repent immediately. That's why we need to run to the cross immediately because you don't want to be caught hanging out with the enemy and you don't want to be doing stupid things. And more importantly, you don't want to be doubling down. You don't want to be just sticking your thing. It's like, yes, I'm going to, I swear, and this is what it is or whatever. And then you're like, oh my gosh, Lord, what was I thinking? And then all of a sudden, Jesus does something supernatural. He he has that person call you out of nowhere.
1: Yep.
0: It, or, or all of a sudden you, you turn on the radio and it was not on that radio station before, but now it's it's somebody talking in the name of Jesus.
1: Yeah. Or a song or something that brings you back to... It happens
0: all the time. <laughs> and it's Jesus looking at you as the clock is scrolling and he's telling you he loves you.
1: That's right. Isn't that amazing? That's so good. Yeah. yeah, and I like how, you know, I think one of the ways you know you're his is that people sometimes they wait for uh getting caught right they're they're upset because i got caught there's a big difference being upset you got caught and being upset you're like man that hurt my that hurt my jesus yeah there's yeah. a big difference all big difference so that's kind of how you know <laughs> yep. all right the crowing of the rooster was assurance to peter that you don't he- like the word cock you know, I thought it, it might just be sounds dist- weird. I thought it might be distracting for our audience. Yeah, I'm just going to stick with. The That's part.
0: how they used it in the old days, but I, I like your idea of. I know. I, just think
1: it's, I don't want people to get distracted. I'm with so. you on that.
0: I, I love this because it makes me think of Genesis 1:27. God gave man authority over the fish, the birds, and the animals. Peter had seen Jesus exercise authority over the fish. Remember in Matthew 17, verses 24 through 27. The fish had the coin to pay the taxes.
1: Remember, he said, "Go That's
0: to the right. go faster thing and, and pay the coin." Right? Jesus had some sovereignty and, and dominion over that. The animals in Matthew twenty-one, one, eleven—the writing on the donkey. Remember, he told him, "Go get it," and he had control over that donkey. And now he recognizes his authority over the birds. God will use all circumstances, person, places, and things to remind us of His sovereignty. There's nothing that God can't use. To get our attention, yeah. there's nothing that God can't use to have it. But, but it, well, let's take it a, a step further. God gives us the power and the authority and dominion over all these things. And I don't think I fully understand yeah. how that looks in my own life. I know I don't. I don't think I've exercised that. And I don't think I have that relationship or I'm not at that level with the Lord to fully comprehend that. Because I know that we have the power to do it here on earth. We have the loose what we lose and what we bind in, on earth and we bound in heaven and what we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We, I get it. We have that authority. We have that dominion, that power. I know we have the power to th- defeat the enemy and the spirit, but we also have dominion over the, the birds, the fish and the animals. Yep. Still don't understand that completely. So I'm praying and uh, God would teach me and, and I can learn more. But anyway. He
1: is in control of all creation. That's it. Even the the rocks will cry out. That's right? it. All right, but the rooster crowing was also an invitation to repentance. Luke twenty two thirty two, Jesus told Peter, "But when you are repentant, strengthen the brethren."
0: I love it. Remember, he told him ahead of time. He says, "Hey, you're gonna get sifted like wheat by the by the by Satan." And you're gonna fail miserably. I'm just telling you ahead of time. I'm just warning you, you're gonna mess up. <laughs> just warning you. It, but but listen to me. I, when you when you're done repenting, oh, I the you...
1: redemption story is so good. It's just good. But don't don't screw up just so you can have the redemption story. Because there <laughs> there's there may not be condemnation in in Christ Jesus, but there is consequences. There okay. are consequences.
0: That's it. But when you when you repented, strengthen the brethren. So again, it's. God works all things together for our good to those who are called according to the purpose. I don't care how bad you messed it up. I don't care how bad you've done it. God will work it together for good. Amen. God will turn all ugly, all bad into good. You just got to trust him. He will do it. So Luke tells us that Jesus turned and looked at Peter and this, this look of love broke Peter's heart to the Mm. core. Peter had been a witness of Christ's suffering and by his own denials, he added to those suffering. When we deny Jesus, when we turn our backs on Jesus, when we persecute Jesus, when we sin and don't believe in his word and his truth, we are added to the suffering. The only hope left for Peter was to repent and accept God's word to him. as true.
1: That is so powerful. So John's description is not quite as uh, condemning. condemning. I don't know if that's the right word. But yeah, Luke's version of it, it's like when the rooster crows the third time, Jesus looks right at peter
0: yeah oh i can't can't even comprehend it
1: yeah yeah and
0: it's to say god's done it to me so i can relate to that in my own life where i know i've messed up and god reminds me hey you know that wasn't very good right and i was like oh my gosh lord and i'm just so grateful and thankful to him for loving me i also know that you just you just leave there remorseful all
1: right all right this is good so now we kind of turn a little negative, and this, this, I love this. Yeah. So keep in mind that the crowing of the rooster was also the announcement of a new day. Mm. Remember, Psalm 30, uh, 30 verse five says, "Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning."
0: And that's another that's that's another main theme of the Bible. the 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 It's talking about people messing up. And it's talking about Jesus redeeming that messed up. His
1: mercies are new each it's, morning.
0: It's always. And what Jesus brings to the table when you trust him is the tree of life mentality. Mm. You have joy. And, and in what was once horrible is now found amazing because God is working at behind the scenes and he's always working for us. So the contrast between Judas and Peter is huge here. Judas admitted his sins but never fully repented. Peter wept over his sins and repented. Judas experienced remorse, not repentance. Peter wept bitterly, and there was the dawning of a new day. Hmm. This is a contrast between godly sorrow that leads to true repentance and the sorrow of the world, regret and remorse that leads to death. We know that in John 21, Jesus restored Peter. And Jesus will restore us as well if we truly repent. And what is
1: repentant, Bob? Um, Turning, uh, admitting we're wrong and turning from it. It's
0: completely doing a 180. You're going one direction. You say, you know what? I'm not. But again, what Jesus tells us, because of what he did, he gave us the Holy Spirit. So when you repent, you cry out to God, I am weak. I cannot do this. But I know greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And I know that your word says I have power and authority over the enemy and that I can do it if I stay close to you. So Lord, help me. Holy Spirit, help me. Empower me. And I'm going to do this. And you do it. And you make that physical change. You repent. You turn. That is repentance. Remorse and sorrow is like, oh, no, I'm so sorry I got caught. Oh, I'm sorry. I never do it again. Never do it again. But in your heart, you're still dabbling in the sin. Yeah. In the heart or the mind, you're still doing the things that you didn't you shouldn't be doing. There's a difference. That mm-hmm. it's gonna lead to death. Repentance, though, will lead to life.
1: Oh. So how you respond to your own sin? You got a choice to be like Peter or be like Judas. That's it. That's it. All right. In the garden that night, you find both guilt and grace. Peter was guilty of resisting God's will. Judas was guilty of the of the
0: foundational kind of yeah thank you yeah
1: the basis (laughs) i use the word basis
0: because it was the core it's the the base the solid ground so he was guilty of so
1: it's like the worst worst time worst kind of treachery yeah the mob was guilty of rejecting the son of god and treating him as though he were the lowest the lowest the lowest the lowest kind of criminal yeah
0: so i use so i use the thoris at times and sometimes (laughs) it comes up with different words that you use (laughs) And, and you're trying, I can't even say it's the or the Thoris, I don't even know. I'm, like, I'm going to stop now while I'm ahead. But all right, so the, here's the context. So in the garden, the garden that night, you find both guilt and grace, okay? But Jesus was gracious to them. Like King David, he crossed the Kendron, fully conscious that Judas was betraying him. He went into the garden of Gethsemane and he surrendered to the father's will. He healed Malchus' ear. He protected his disciples. He yielded himself into the hands of sinners that he might suffer and die for us. Hmm. It's a love. So amazing. It's so divine that it demands my soul, my life and my everything. It's I, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm gonna cry now. I mean, what, what Jesus did was it gave me hope. And I, when I was walking in the world trying to figure out my own life, trying to fix my own problems, I was miserable. I had anxiety to the 10th power. I was literally depressed all the time. I was angry. I hated people. I did not see people like Christ saw them. But what Jesus did to me is he completely touched my life and he transformed me. He made me something different. My character changed. I started to become patient. I started to love people. Over time, I started to actually be kind and gentle. I actually was like a nice person and and I would not try to hurt or control things. Only Jesus can do that. There is no self help book out there unlike the Bible, there's nothing. That can come close to what the Bible says. The Bible is very clear. Seek first the kingdom of God and his, and his righteousness, and then all things are added unto you. So what that means is that we seek to live a right life. But by living a right life, we're seeking the kingdom of God. And by seeking the kingdom of God, then Jesus says all, all means all. All things will be added unto you. And what that means is a transformed life. What that means is fulfillment and purpose in your life. What that means is God takes care of the problems. And I started to learn that and I started to experience this hope and I started to experience this love. And the, it's a love so amazing and so divi- divine that I could not, not give him my whole life. That's how, that's my testimony. and I, And we share our testimonies, Bob and I on this show many times, but I know that there's other people out there. I know they have to ask the question, what's in their hand today? Is it a sword that's going to lead to death like Peter and try to control your own life? Mm -hmm. Or is it a cup of redemption? Are we ready to fight or are we ready to surrender so that God's perfect will be done in and through us? And, And that's really the question to all of us. And if we're listening to this and maybe we're trying to fight our way out of life right now, trying to figure out our next steps. You can repent and you can just say, God, forgive me for for trying to figure this out my way. If you've never known Jesus, now is the perfect time. All you need to do is just say, God, forgive me of my sins. I I repent of my sins. I want to turn from doing it my way. And I choose today to do it your way. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again the third day for me, for that I can have salvation. I believe that with all of my heart and I repent of my sins. And I choose today to serve you for the rest of my life. Jesus says that if that's what you did and that's what you've decided, all the angels in heaven are now rejoicing with you. They are having a party because you were once blind, but now you see. You were once lost, but now you are found. You were once hopeless, but now you've been given hope. And so God's going to change you. He's going to touch you. He's going to transform you. He's going to make your life a living testimony for his glory. And God wants to bless you exceedingly abundantly more than you think or imagine. And I'm telling you, God is for you. He's not against you. God is faithful. God is worthy of our praise. And has he changed and touched my life? I know for a fact he'll change and touch your life as well. He's worthy of my soul. He's worthy of everything. And I just pray that, um, you just you just walk faithfully moment by moment with him for the rest of your life. And if you did and you gave your life to the Lord or you repented of your sins, we would love to hear from you. Um, just reach out to us through social media that, Bob, how can they get in contact with us so we can just talk with them?
1: Yeah, lots of ways. First of all, congratulations. Greatest decision you could ever make. Um, you can go to our website, theriotpodcast.com. Go to the Know God tab. Got lots of uh, great information to help help start your journey. Um, you can reach out to us the contact us part, and uh, man, we'd love to hear your story. But um, if you don't want to go to the website, we have other ways. You can go to social media. You can go to our Facebook page, our Twitter page. Um, com- put in the comments. We'd love to respond to those things, and we would love to hear from you. And then finally, if if you're you know you're just a listener, a podcast listener, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts on my walks and while I'm driving but uh, if you have the opportunity to get in front of a computer and watch us on YouTube, um, it just had a different format. And it's just, I don't know. I think the interaction is different when you can actually see uh, when you see the person that's talking to you. I think it just adds something to it. I know it's not always possible, but if you're able to check us out on YouTube, make sure you hit the like and subscribe button and uh, share it with somebody, you know, And uh, that just helps get the word out. So, uh, Pete, another great show. Yeah, Um, we're what two thirds of the way through the uh, chapter 18 of John. (laughs) I think one more show. I think one more show. We'll finish. One more. Yeah. Yeah, I think
0: think we might even go into 19 a little bit next time.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, it's always always fun. Yes. Be blessed. Take care. Have
0: a great week. (laughs) This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.